Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Uh, welcome again. We're going to be uh, starting off in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. And uh, we're going to give a little revelation on what the scripture means, and we're just going to take off from here. I'm Pastor Richard. So look at Romans 12, 1. It says, Paul's writing to the church. The Bible is written to church folk, Christians, those who are saved or desire to be saved. He says, I beseech you, beseech means I, I plead with you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present yourselves, some translation says bodies, but I like to say yourselves, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say your reasonable worship. Okay, and this is what I want to hone in on, verse 2. And... Do not be conformed to this world. A lot of people don't get that. Conformed to this world means squeeze fashion into the, the world's mode of doing things. He says, but on the contrary, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, God desires us, our minds to be renewed to his word, which is his will. And his will is his word. And he says, because you're going to get this latter part as you do that, that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. As you're being transformed by renewing your mind and demonstrating that, you're going to prove to all of yourself and others around you. You're not going to prove to God because he already calls those things that be not as though they were. You're going to prove to people who God is. Like he said, what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. As you're being transformed, as you demonstrate this transformation. Now we're going to take off, and, and I say, Scripture talks about, maturing in Christ. He said in one scripture, you need milk because you're still acting like a baby in Christ and you, you should be on solid food now because solid food is for those who are mature. So hopefully I'm talking to those who have like precious faith who are maturing in the faith because here's what transformation looks like. Jesus said, bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. He says, don't trade evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, when you actually do that and forgive others, don't get offended easily. When you start doing that, that, that's what Jesus looks like. You are actually demonstrating that your mind is renewed. Because the world tells you an eye for an eye. They did you, you do them back. Jesus said, but I say, do this. Bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. You know, don't return evil for evil. He said, because vengeance is the Lord. So when you understand that, and you demonstrate that on a daily, you're now proving what that good, perfect, will, acceptable will of God is. Therefore, you'll get the benefits of having this saved life. And like I like what the scripture says, you've inherited the kingdom. Because it said that those that don't practice such things, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. Don't mean you ain't going to heaven. Just mean you won't get the benefits of a saved life. And your boy, I like to get the benefits of anything I'm involved in. 
I'm serious. Membership has its privileges. I want my privileges. I want my benefits. We talk about that a lot about being in a household. I want all the rights that belong to me about if I'm in the Hoyt household. I want every benefit that comes to me. Access to the refrigerator, keys to the car, <laughs> free rent. I want all that. And that's what he's saying. I want to give you this because Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But he says, I've given you some keys or some principles to practice. And when you do this, Remember, he said, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken them to a wise man who built his house on a rock. So when the storms and the winds came, it didn't blow that house down because they were built on a rock. So God says, don't just be a hearer of my word only, but be a doer, because now you'll get blessed in what you do. And he says, do the word. Well, you know, as, he, as we're reading that verse, that you'll be able to prove what his, God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's only as we offer ourselves to God as we are believers that we know what God's will is. Non-Christians don't know what God's will is. People they think they do. People that aren't believers don't know what God's will is. It's only when you become a believer, when the Holy Spirit is alive in you, that you now know what God's will is. And as you give yourself to him, as you give yourself to his will, as you are no longer conformed to this world's pattern, but you are transformed by the renewing of your mind that you know what his will is and what i like when i read that verse is his good pleasing and perfect will his will for us is always good now that doesn't it's mean always that, perfect according to the scripture right. but it's always good now that doesn't mean that only good things will ever happen to me but it will be for my good his will is for me is good his will for me is pleasing to him and it's perfect his will is always perfect Always. So He's always on time. Everything that he does is perfect for me. It is. Whatever it's that simple. Whatever happens to me during the day, is his will is perfect for me. you got to pay somebody to help you mess that up. Right. It's I mean, literally that simple. Right. I mean, now other people that we know, their will for us might not always be perfect. They might have ulterior motives. Well, they I, might, I know the devil's will for me is not right. But I mean, even people. Good for me. People a lot of times have an ulterior motive for wanting us to do things or not do well, things. Well, the devil works through them, just like God works through us. God's through will is always perfect. What he's doing with me is always perfect. He doesn't have a. Now, it might not make motive. sense, though, right? A lot of times it doesn't. <laughs> Most of the time. Well, you know, here's make. the thing about that, too, though, <laughs> and we've talked about this numerous times. God wants to do things with us that we can't do ourselves, so he gets the glory. Amen. When you're doing something that you know how to do, you're not really leaning on God all the time. Most people that I know, when they're getting dressed, aren't thinking, well, I can't get through this unless God helps me. Because you just got dressed before. It's when we're doing things that we know we can't do. That's when we really lean I'm gonna on I'm going to say, God. I can't get through this day without the Lord. Right. Scripture I'm, says, do all things to the glory of God. Well, I'm going to go through this day. Leaning on his glory, relying on his glory to work in and through. And so as the day goes on, and sometimes it's just bad things happen. It's only through him that we're able to get through. Sometimes he's called us to a task, and we realize we can't do it. That's why I think Gideon and the fleece, God's never mad at Gideon. Gideon, when God calls Gideon, Gideon never says he's not going to do it. What he wants to know, though, is that what God is calling him to do, he knows he can't do. He can't do it on his own. So he just wants to be sure that it's God. So he says to God, you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw this fleece down, and if the fleece is wet and the ground's dry, then I'll know you want me to do this. And the next day, the fleece is wet and the ground's dry, and then he thinks to himself, 
well, that might just be the way it is. So this time I want the the ground to be wet and the fleece dry. <laughs> and it happens again. And now he says, okay, now I know it's God. Because what God had called him to do, cutting down these Asherah poles was a capital offense. In fact, the people of town wanted to come and kill him except his dad stopped him. Uh-huh. So what God called him to do beyond that, even leading the people of Israel, he knew on his own he couldn't do. When God comes to him, when the angel comes to him and says, mighty man, mighty warrior, he's like, who are you talking to? Because he's not. He knows it. So he just wants to be sure that God has called him. Once he's sure, then he goes out on a limb and does all kinds of things that don't make any sense and that he had never done before. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you talk about sometimes God calls us and it doesn't make sense. God will sometimes call us to things we've never done before. Telling me. And sometimes it's big and sometimes it, most people wouldn't think it was that big. He calls you to go speak to a neighbor that you've never spoken to before. That could be something that you know you can't do unless God's leading you. Or he calls you to speak to the nations, to the world. You, he calls you to start a worldwide outreach ministry, right. and you've never done that before. I gave my story the other day about God's calling us to ministry. I never, I went to church. I never pastored a church, but right. God says, oh, Vince, I've been raising you up for such a time as this. It's well, time to go see, out now. And, and I, I was telling somebody this story once before, you know, the very first time I ever preached. The very first time you ever preach, you don't know you can because you've never done it. You have to believe that God's called you to do it. The wa- the faith is shown in you walk up and stand behind the pulpit the first time. <laughs> right, right. Because that <laughs> takes faith because you've never done it. Right. The only thing you have to hang your hat on is God called me to do it. I believe. And since he called me to do it, he's going to give me the words to say. Right. So the very first time, that's how you know a person's faith is an action. They take that first step behind that pulpit that they've never been behind before believing that God's going to give them the word. But it doesn't just have to be a pulpit. It can be anywhere. It's anything that you maybe have never done in your life. You, you Maybe you've never taught Sunday school. You don't know that you can, but you feel like God has called you to teach Sunday school. So you do it, even though you know you haven't done it before, and maybe you couldn't do it on your own, but he's called you to do it, so you're going to do it. So it doesn't have to be some great, mighty work. It could be something much smaller that you've never done before, and it just takes faith to believe God. And again, now that I look back and recall, that's where he had me start at in Sunday school. We're going to a church here in Chico, and God, they needed help in Sunday school, and I just volunteered. And that's when I would start discovering God gave me ability to teach with simplicity. And, And again, as you were speaking about this word in Romans 12, the latter part that you may prove what that good and perfectable an acceptable will of God is. I just want to remind people, God's will is in his word. God's word is his will. So he desires us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. He wants our minds to be renewed by his word. Because his word endures forever. His word is the truth. And again, the truth, which is God's word, is the highest form of reality. He says, I want you to believe this. I know the fact says that, that that's a Red Sea. But believe this, that I'm going to set you free from Egypt. These Egyptians is chasing you. 
you will see him no more. After believe they're, that. They're done. That's the word of the Lord. So that's what he wants us to believe what he said in his word. I always tell people God's word is like wet and water. God and him, him and his word are like wet and water. You can't separate wet from water. If I order a glass of water, wet comes with it. Well, if I get God's God, his word comes with it. If I get his word, he comes with it. That's why Jesus is called the word of God. Scripture says in the beginning was the word. It tells us in Hebrews, the whole world is upheld by the word of God. So God wants us to, our minds to be, us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds by his word. We have, his words got to be our highest form of reality. I like to say it like this, Hebrews uh, 11, 1, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God's given me a revelation to declare it like this. Now the word of God is the reality of things hoped for. The word of God is the evidence. That's my evidence of things that you may not see. I've seen it in his word. I received his word. Remember, his word is living. It's powerful. And his word, it's not dead. It's living. So it'll speak to your spirit. It always accomplishes what he's There it is right there. So, so it does a return for it. So he wants his people to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. He wants their minds to be renewed by what he said. And that's why he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say that I'm strong. Because he says you're strong. We got to always declare what God said, not what the circumstances or the facts says. Because this is what I found out about circumstances and facts. They're subject to change. But guess what remains the same? The word. It never changes. Well, and we see that even in science. You right. know, so many people say, oh, well, you just operate by faith. I have science. Science changes every day. Right. They, I mean, when they discover I something get, new. When you and I went to school, Pluto was a planet. Pluto isn't a planet anymore. Right. But they don't teach kids that Pluto is, one, is a planet in the solar system. Dinosaurs had different names than they have today. Science is constantly changing. The speed of light was always the fastest thing. Now they're saying, oh, there might be these quarks, and they're faster than light. So science every day changes, and, mm -hmm. and they come up with one answer, which brings 10 more questions that changes something that they thought they knew for sure. You see this in medicine. I mean, what was it, 150 years ago? The best thing that you could do for a person medically was bleed them, you know, cut them open and let mm -hmm. them bleed. Well, now that'd be like the worst thing that you could do to a person. And so there are all kinds of things that are constantly changing over in science. The word of God remains the same. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in a world, I think, that is constantly changing, in a world where just there seems to be upheaval all the time, it is so nice to know that the word of God is always going to be the same. Always he's never well, going well, to change his mind. Right, and he's faithful to watch over. The scriptures say he watches over his word to perform it. But he's never going to change his mind about it. It is always going to be the same. So you're not going to read one day the, to, as we were just reading, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not going to read another day where he says, you know what, that's all over. Go back to the world. Go back to being conformed to the world. Or we're saved by grace through faith, not by works. God's not going to change his mind at some point in the future and say, you know what, I think it's all about works now. Forget this grace business. His word is always the same. It, it endures forever. I'm going to read a latter part of Romans chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse 9. And he elaborates on what this means about being transformed 
by the renewing your mind. Look at verse 9, Romans 12, 9. And I got a subtitle on my Bible. Ooh, I love my Bible. It says, behave like a Christian. Uh-oh, so here it is. This where the rubber meets the road. This is, gonna, this is a key right here. So I need to renew my mind to this. Verse 9, let love, because God is love. And again, he loves you forever. He don't well, you're change. right into it, next week's subject. Right, right. He don't change. Okay, okay. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love must Ar- be sincere, my version says. Arbor what is evil. That means stay away from what is evil. Look, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Mm, how many Christians practice that one? All right, another subject. In, in honor, giving preference to one another. This is the way kingdom folk act, God's children. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Uh oh, patient in tribulation. Okay, continually steadfast in prayer. Hmm. Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Hmm. How many of us practice that one on a daily? Okay, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. There's a lot of hating going on in the body of Christ. Man, we, we shoot our own wounded. I mean, we wound. What, what, how do you say that? Yeah, we're the only ones that shoot our wounded. Yeah, yeah, we shoot our wounded. But he says rejoice. We're going to put them out of their misery. Yeah, we're going to put them out of their misery. They're no worthless. Okay, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. That means be transformed by your mind. My version actually says do not be conceited. Which I well, think same is thing. You know, same that thing. That's the opposite of humble. <laughs> okay. Verse 17. Look. Repay no one evil for evil. Man, I see Christians do this a lot. Well, see, that's the world programmed you to do all of this stuff right here. He's telling you to do the contrary. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Uh-oh. All men? Unless they're politicians, you have a right to beat them up. No, all men. Just like he says. Look what he says in uh, verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, brother Richard, live peaceably with some men. No, all men. (laughs) He says all men. Verse 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Man, the world teaches us, man, my enemy hungry, he going to starve to death. <laughs> if he wait on me, I, he ain't going to get to hell freezes over. He ain't get nothing. That's how our mindset is. But no, we're supposed to be the opposite. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Now, here's the promise. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Yeah. He's not going to get the best of you. God says, no, go ahead and bless him. Look at what he says. He sums it up in verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, that's the person with the renewed mind. That's God's will. This is God's perfect will for us. He says, now, I want you guys to demonstrate operating this, and then you just prove what that good, perfect, and acceptable will of the Lord is. And now, that's letting your light so shine. People are going to see that and say, wow. I did that to him, man. It just rolled off him like water on a duck's back. He doesn't get offended at anything, man. His feelings are not on his fingertips. Because here's the deal. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a choice. I choose to do the will of God. Now, I may not feel like it. I ain't talking about feel. I, 
I choose to do it because that was, that's what pleases the Father. See, love isn't always a feeling either. Oh, it ain't a feeling. You it's know, an action. We, we tend to think that love is... Well, we've been programmed to believe. Right. And number one, a lot of people think of lust rather than love. And number two, love is like this ooey, gooey, mushy feeling that we have. Well, you know what? When somebody, your enemy or somebody has done you wrong, you're not going to get an ooey, gooey, mushy feeling. You're, you're going to... Get another human feeling. Human nature is to want to get even. Just he says, you're gonna get a wrath feeling. Not to avenge. That it's up to the Lord, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit we're able to do it. Next week we're gonna spend a whole week talking about love, and so kind of getting a little jump start on it here today. There, I mean, there's a whole week's worth of stuff in what we just saw. Verse nine: Love must be sincere. Everybody knows fake flattery. Everybody knows when somebody's just giving it to them, you know, trying to butter them up, trying to make. You can tell the difference between somebody that really believes it and somebody that doesn't. Love must be sincere. We we can't be faking it. We've talked before. Anybody can fake it for an hour. You know, you can go to church and you can fake it for an hour. You can go to church and you can fake like you love all. Put on my people. game face at church yeah, service. You can huh? fake it for an hour. You can fake it around people. You know how many people go up, oh, it's so good to see you. Shake hands and smile at the same time. They're thinking, man, I'd just love to give it to same you. Same time they got the knife in your yeah. back. I, I can't wait till I get even with you. I can't wait till this happens. So, I mean, it's easy to have a smile on your face and shaking hands and looking good, but your heart isn't in it. You're you're thinking, man, I can't wait till I get a chance to get this. Well, you sucker. know what? And Jesus said something about that. He was talking about the Pharisees. And a lot of Pharisees are in the church today. He said, these people draw near me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. And, and we it, do that with our brothers and sisters in right, the Lord. Right. That's why he says love must be sincere. You can't be faking it. You can't be just acting like you do. Too many Christians act like they love somebody, and then the first chance they get, they gossip, they slander, whatever it is. That love's got to be sincere. You can't be doing that where you okay, smile here it is, and which laugh. You, you made me go there, too. I'm glad you brought that up because Scripture tells us that we're the body of Christ and we should have the same care for one another. Again, when a Christian goes through something, we shouldn't shoot our wounded. Paul said this. He said, when I was in my chains, a lot of you guys were ashamed of me in my chains. Meaning, He said, when I was incarcerated, you were ashamed of me. And uh, you wanted to distance yourself from me because the authorities, you know, Accuse me of this. And we know scripturally, the Bible says the devil, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. Now, he's going to use these systems because people run these systems. He's Satan, God wants us to do people to do his will. Satan desires people to do his will, too. Every day is decision, this choice-making time. We get that all throughout the day. We can make 2,000 choices. I heard we make 2,500 choices a day. So, anyway... Paul said this when I was in my chain, a lot of people were ashamed of my chain, meaning I'm incarcerated, I'm in prison. You're ashamed of me. And and they didn't want to associate with Paul, they didn't want nobody to know that, you know, they were in fellowship with him. And and I'm gonna say we got those same Pharisaic spirits in the church today because that happened to me and, and my spouse. My spouse is incarcerated. And I know a lot of church folk, man, that knew her and say, We we got your sister Keisha, we wish you, we praying for you, man. Soon as some calamity came, man, they broke north. And I ain't going to mention no names. A lot of my high-profile people that live here in Chico were hosting Bible studies and want to be a mentor to her. 
Man, she got incarcerated. Man, she ain't got a letter. And Jesus said in Matthew 11, when I was sick or in prison, he said, one, for the, he said there's going to be a separation of sheep and goat. He said on the right hand is going to be a sheep and on the left hand will be a goat. He was talking about Christians. <laughs> he said, then he went and said it. He said, when I was sick in prison, hungry, you didn't come and feed me. You didn't pay me no mind. He was talking about the goats, the ones that claimed they knew him. Then he said, and they said, well, when did we see you? And didn't feed you in prison, sick, in hospital, didn't come. He said, well, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. Then he was talk, referring to the sheep. He said, when I was sick, incarcerated, in prison, hungry, you came. Did they said, Lord, when did we see you like that and did that to you? You know what he said? When you did it to the least of these, my brethren. He was specific when he said my brethren, meaning you're in the household of faith. He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it for me. And again, I'm here to say it. I know you're going to get mad at me if y'all listening. But that's. How we we, we want to play, like you say, we put on that face for an hour oh, or in good. our little circles. But the, where the rubber meets the road, are you really just a hearer only or are you a doer? Because you, if you're spiritual mature, you're going to understand that the God of this world, Satan, he devours the, he roams around seeking whom he devour. And he's called, he's considered the accuser of the brethren. He's like the prosecuting attorney. He's going to prosecute you every day and, and bring charges against you. Because Jesus said this, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So, again, I just like to say when a Christian get caught up, that's the time for us to pray. He talked about in this thing, always praying. We're to be praying and interceding for them, not shooting them or wounding them. And if you had somebody that you say you were close to, when they, something happened to them, calamity See, it doesn't have them. to be incarceration. It can be just it anything. anything. They lost a job. They lost. You know how many people, boy, it's like might be catching. They don't want to be around somebody. They, well, they don't want to be associated with it. And I'm going to prove this a little more. When Jesus got incarcerated, because they incarcerated him before he went to the cross, he even told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, Jesus, I'm your boy, man. I got your yeah, back, man. I, I ain't going to never. I don't know if there are these cats. But they all, they all fleed. And we know that was to the glory of God because he, God wanted everybody to know that, that he was Jesus' source. And, and could none of them disciples take no credit for well, the I, cross. That's what Paul says, you know, when I was in prison, nobody's come to visit me, you know. Mm-hmm. He said, I had to stand there alone. Right. But, but be, because God before me, who can be against me? Right. And, and we got to just understand that, you know, and the Bible is for our spiritual enrichment and edification. It's for us to learn and get some understanding and some revelation out of it. So when we read these stories about what Jesus said, let's start practicing. And not only that, let's start examining ourselves and seeing if we're in the faith. Are we hearers or just or hearers and doers of the word? Well, we're right now, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.